Hi, my name is Ed Powell and I'm the Director of Holman Consulting Services. And I'm Brandi Hannafin, the Director of Holman's Client Relations Department. We're here today to talk about growing your fleet and the challenges that have presented themselves post-pandemic. So Ed, when I think about the market today and the current state, I think about it in a couple of different ways. There are things that we can't control, which really are market challenges. Um, there's potentially things that we can control, um, maybe not fully, but areas where we could possibly improve how we manage. Um, and then there's what we do about those two things. So I thought it might be good to get us started by talking about what's going on in the market. What are the things that we can't control today? Yeah, the, the current market challenges facing the industry are, you know, to borrow a term that's maybe been overused a bit, a little unprecedented. Uh, you have a, a combination of factors from rising inflation, which is increasing borrowing costs, costs of acquiring vehicles, as well as continued supply chain challenges and a myriad of other pressures on fleet managers today. Uh, in particular, vehicle availability, especially if you're in this position of wanting to grow your fleet and execute on a strategic plan, is a significant challenge. And those are things that we look at when we, we talk about production delays and you're thinking of things like the UAW situation that's currently playing out, uh, continued supply chain shortages in various areas. The availability of vehicles is not going to be something that's going to normalize, quote unquote, anytime soon. In fact, we're looking at the situation to probably continue into 2026 and potentially beyond, depending on how some of these factors work out. In addition to the, those areas, uh, in the HD and MD market specifically, with increasing environmental regulations coming out of states like California, New York, and New Jersey, uh, that's actually creating a little bit of a disruption within the engine production market that will even begin to make those assets a little bit harder to come by than they even are today. Um, so all of that together, not only is availability going to continue to be constrained, but the cost of vehicles are also going to continue to rise. Uh, from pre-pandemic till now, we've seen an almost 20% increase in the capital value and cost of acquiring a vehicle. And what that really does is put significant strain on budgets as you're attempting to grow your fleet or even just manage regular replacement cycles that are out today. And as I said, we're looking at those trends continuing well into the future. Um, when we look at specifically at inflation, based on current economic forecasts, we could see inflation rates, especially in the maintenance and repair areas, very similar to where they are today in that 12 to 13 percent range. And whatever the re resolution of the UAW strikes and other areas, it's obviously going to be passed on at some level in the capital acquisition cost of vehicles and the cost of acquiring vehicles. So all of those factors combined, it's an incredibly challenging time to be a fleet manager, especially if you're trying to grow your business and expand your operational footprint. And I know, Brandy, you deal with a lot of our customers day to day, and there's, there's obviously a lot of uh, you know, consternation around these types of challenges. Yeah, so definitely something that we hear you know, pretty frequently from our customers. Um, it's interesting, you, you started out talking about vehicle availability. So when I think about availability, I think about you know, a simple measurement of there are fewer vehicles being produced today prior to or, or compared to a prior point in time, right? So do you, can you provide any relativity around, you know, is it there's a, a million less vehicles, there's 10 million less vehicles, and then what is that compared to? Yeah, so, so from pre-pandemic peak until today, there's been almost eight to nine million less vehicles produced in the North American market uh, versus those peaks. 
Right now, today, I think in 2023, we're looking at ending the year at about 14 to 14 and a half million vehicles produced. That's still a 3 million vehicle deficit uh, from where we were prior to the pandemic. So that's creating an incredible backlog of demand on vehicles and really putting a ton of pressure on life cycles, maintaining vehicles in service longer, and obviously presenting a significant challenge for people who want to grow their fleet. Uh, it's not as easy as going to your OEM rep and saying, hey, we want to buy 200 more vehicles, which they would have happily done in 2019. Now you're facing a challenge of you need to get an additional 200 vehicles and you may have to go through a multitude of sources in order to be able to get them. So, uh, you know, I certainly think about that's a lot of challenging things, right, that fleet managers are being asked to manage through. Um, you know, we think about lack of availability. You know, we think about customers trying to return to um, a replacement strategy, trying to catch up on vehicle orders that they may have missed during the pandemic or, you know, as a result of lack of allocation. Um, so certainly a lot of things within that that we're, we don't control, right? And fleet managers don't have the ability to control. So if we think about the things that we can control, what's your advice or guidance to um, customers in that space? Yeah, I, I think number one, flexibility is key. Uh, flexibility within terms of how you're sourcing your vehicles, within the type of vehicles that you're actually going to be acquiring and using within your fleet, how you finance them, everything has to be on the table. So we, we work with a lot of customers that have very long-term, well-established relationships with OEMs. And for the most part, the OEMs have continued to be loyal to those loyal customers. However, it's impossible to get everything that is needed. Uh, so what we've seen a lot of our customers do is really work to be flexible in terms of their partnerships and how they're acquiring assets. So fleets that were very traditionally only operate OEM A are now openly considering OEM B and C in, in order to expand their, their portfolio and get the vehicles that they need. Uh, the second part of that in terms of flexibility is within capital budgets themselves. Uh, many businesses and, and our customers set a specific budget target for the year and then work to meet that target through acquisitions. And what we're finding is that establishing a multi-year capital strategy is actually really needed in the current market so you can flex and take advantage. Uh, there was an OEM supplier that literally opened up an order bank, uh, is going to be opening up an order bank in late Q4 that everyone wants to be able to take advantage of, but you may have already used your budget allocation or are afraid of the, the money creeping over into the following year. Working ahead of time with all of your internal stakeholders to normalize that really, really helps. Um, beyond that, the, the biggest recommendation is there's a lot of back-to-basics movement in fleet right now. Um, ensuring that the equipment that you do have is properly inspected, properly maintained, working on good preventative maintenance schedules um, is incredibly important. And we, we're seeing a lot of our fleet partners work with their internal stakeholders in operations and other areas to really reinforce those principles and ensure that the equipment we do have can be out there. Um, in many cases, we've seen life cycles be extended by as much as 25 or 30 percent over mm -hmm. their optimal targets. So I want to go back to the budgeting piece that you were you were talking about. Um, I know coming out of the pandemic, right, we had customer situations where um, their budgets were on hold, right, and the conversation then pivoted to. Well, how do we uh, how do we guide them through the process of catching up, right? So you haven't ordered for a couple of years. You've got a fleet now that's aged. You've got a lot of probably overly aged assets. Are those the conversations that your team is still encountering? And if so, has the guidance changed, or is the guidance still the same? 
for the most part, those conversations are still the same. Um, we saw a big contraction in the fleet market in 2019, not just from availability and what was out there, but fleets themselves, due to changing business conditions at the time, were trying to, to right-size. They were trying to understand what an optimal number of vehicles for their situation was. And in many cases, a lot of people started to, uh, to de-fleet. They were getting rid of assets, taking advantage of strong resale markets, and they were getting a little bit leaner, which is generally a positive thing, except that the availability of vehicles created sort of a hangover situation. So as we saw business rebound post-pandemic and start to come back, especially in some of the sectors that were heavily impacted, um, that's led to a huge increase in demand for equipment without the corresponding ability to actually go out and purchase it. Uh, so what we really advise a lot of our customers to do is to remain open-minded, remain hmm. flexible. Um, in some cases, we're actually seeing customers begin to look at how they're operating the vehicles to see if a different type of asset would be appropriate. So in that case, think of uh, you know, a fleet running, say, an F-350 with some degree of upfit. Would it be possible to change a little bit about that operation and make an F-150-sized asset work? Um, you know, the, the changeover in the, the, small, the small city van segment has also been significantly disruptive um, where we're seeing like creative solutions come out about how can you use rollout tool racks in a smaller truck in order to provide the same experience. And these types of changes require a lot of coordination between the fleet group and their operational stakeholders to come up with solutions that are beneficial for everyone. Got it. Um, you mentioned uh, PM compliance too, right? And that always is a hot topic with customers. Yeah. I know, you know, during the pandemic, we heard a lot of, um, well, we're going on PM holiday, right? To kind of save costs. So those kinds of comments precipitate conversations around PM variability, right? And the impact that that has long-term on the fleet. So what's the team seeing now in terms of that kind of like use the term hangover effect, right? What's that hangover effect from the PM holidays? And what are we seeing in terms of how that has impacted PM variability? So when we, when we talk about PM variability, uh, what we're looking at is the consistency of services over the lifetime of an asset. And studies that we've done have shown that in many cases, there is a four times greater rate of major component failure on vehicles that have gotten inconsistent preventative maintenance services over their life. And in many cases, it can lead to an almost doubling or even tripling of operating costs for those assets. So when we see things like PM holidays occur, it, makes, it may make sense in a very short-term scenario, right? right? We're trying to hit a specific budget target or something for the year, but there is a cost to doing that. And generally what we, we see is um, a play out where for every dollar saved, you end up spending a dollar 20 six to, six to 12 months in the future sure. in order to make up for, for that occurrence. Um, so we are kind of seeing that hangover effect. There's been an increase in failures uh, in major components and engines, especially from fleets that have implemented holidays and taken delayed, delayed maintenance activity. Um, and that's really starting to put a pinch on them and interrupt operations because as much as the vehicle supply chain itself is limited, parts availability is also being impacted right. and limited as well. So things like uh, an engineer transmission that may have taken six to eight weeks max in the, in the pre-pandemic environment and were readily available, we now see assets sometimes sitting for three or four months at a time waiting for critical components. Hmm. The other thing I think about is, you know, we, we talked somewhat um, about spare uh, pools of vehicles, mm -hmm. right? So 
If a customer were to find themselves in a situation where they're not getting the capital replacement budget that the fleet probably needs, um, and they have utilization, over or under utilization challenges, what's the guidance that you, you could share around uh, spare vehicles and how to use, utilize those more effectively? Yeah, so our, our general like, best practice recommendation is to have a vehicle fit for purpose that lives on a specific life cycle. So if you have a, you know, a situation where you have a vehicle that's running deliveries and then it becomes you know, a yard vehicle or something like that, that may not be optimal overall for cost. But in the current situation, especially with growing fleets, the allocation that people are able to get are going strongly towards the growth side. So assets are staying in service longer and we're seeing spare ratios balloon. Uh, in many cases, uh, fleets would optimally try to maintain about a 10 to 15% spare ratio. Um, now we see those, in some cases, ballooning up to even like 20% spare right. ratio because of the lack of reliability in some of the assets. The big thing that we always recommend though is don't treat the spare as a vehicle that sits on the back of the lot until the day you actually need to drive it. Hmm. Spares should be a regular operating part of your fleet so that you're building for you know, your regular maintenance services and everything occurring. So if you have, make the math easy, you have 30 trucks and, and on your yard, assume that one of them is gonna be out of service every day that's there because it needs a PM or there's an activity happening, you need one spare and that should be part of your regular rotation. So the, the, probably one of the worst things you can do is take an older piece of equipment that may or may, or may not have a sketchy maintenance history on it, <laughs> Park it in the back of the lot and wait until the day you need it sure. and then find that your batteries are dead, it needs four tires Doesn't work. and right. the engine's about to blow. Right. So, you know, certainly a, a lot to think about, right? There's market factors, there's allocation, there's, um, you know, shortage of vehicles, there's rising economic pressures or, you know, consistently steady economic pressures depending on how you look at it. Um, and then there's the things that as fleet managers, you know, there is some modicum of control over. So how do you reconcile all of that information, right? So how do you look at what you don't have control over, what you do have control over, and, and what actionable steps uh, would you recommend that as a fleet manager you kind of move forward with? Yep. So I think at a very high level, it's all about communication. Right communication within your organization, external to your organization, to your team, to your drivers, et cetera. Um, where I would start with that communication is understanding your business's critical objectives. And sometimes those seem like they may not have anything that relate to fleet, but they, they often do. Uh, we had a situation with one customer who was looking at improving on-time performance of their technicians. On the surface, it didn't seem like fleet had much to contribute to that goal, but the reliability of the assets was very critical and then changing the conversation internally to be, hey, we're taking these steps in fleet to support this larger objective. It helped them get some of the funding and, and the additional support that they needed. So number one, understand where your business is going. Understand how your role in fleet contributes to that success. If you're working in an industry where the vehicle's directly generating revenue, that's easy. But there's always a way that the vehicles connect to and influence the money. Um, Second to that would be make sure that stakeholders know the challenges. Um, people see a lot of news articles, right? That whether it's about uh, fleet electrification or inflation and interest rates and availability, et cetera, there's a lot of information out there. I think a good fleet manager, one of the best things you can do is proactively communicate to your stakeholders internally, whether it's your finance team, your operations team, your CEO, whomever it would happen to be, 
about the realities of what these things mean for your fleet and how you're trying to approach those challenges. As you said earlier on, Brandy, there's a lot of things that you can't control right. that are, you're being affected by. Call those out. Don't just say, hey, there's nothing we can do about that. Acknowledge it. Understand it's having an impact on your business and, what, and then explain what you can do and what you are trying to control. You know, you've talked a lot about KPIs and monitoring data, making sure that communication is where it needs to be. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, communication not just within your own organization, but communication with your vendor partners and potential fleet management companies. Yeah, that's, that's even more critical sometimes than right. those internal conversations, is making sure that your vendors and your partners are aligned and understand where you're trying to go. Uh, I know in our business, we work, with, we work with a ton of clients in different areas, and where we drive the most success are the clients that we have top-to-top -to -top partnerships with, where we're ingrained in their business and we understand their objectives, and we share in the desire for that success. And so that communication as you're branching it out, keep everyone on board, bring people into the conversation. You don't have to solve everything on your own. Um, a lot of people really thrive with being given the opportunity to be part of the solution. So make sure you're looking to include everyone you can in that solution piece, whether it's your internal operations, your finance team, your vendors, and your fleet management company who can often be a wealth of resources in these types of situations. Yeah, great advice. I mean, I think the, the thing that I've learned with my team, you know, and the thing that we preach is that communication is key, right? Ultimately, at the end of the day, making sure that we're all on the same page, all kind of moving the boat in the right, in the same direction um, really matters and makes a difference on, on your, uh, your partnership. So. so in order to wrap up, there are some levels of unprecedented challenges facing the fleet industry today. A little bit that we discussed was the current market conditions and the fact that some of those situations are going to be continuing well into the future and you need to be prepared for how you're going to manage them. Second, there are no easy solutions, but there are things that are, are within your control today that you can take action on. And finally, communication is key. Being able to bring all of your various stakeholders, including your vendors and fleet management company, into the conversation to help you solve these challenges will really help improve your odds moving forward as you try to grow your fleet. Thanks, Ed. This has been a great conversation, and we hope you enjoy the show.